Tune in to UFO Undercover, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, with your host, Joe Montaldo, right here on the Paranormal Radio Network. I had had enough. Well, you drove out there into the middle of nowhere and had some sort of loud verbal display challenging E.T. in general out oh, in the yeah, middle of nowhere? that's what I was doing. I actually had a uh, pistol in my hand at the time. Um, I was really ticked off. When I was having this fit, I, had, I was waving the gun in the air, okay, and I had this fit. And at this moment, I said, okay. Montaldo, folks around called him Six Gun Joe. Works with Icar, don't you know? Investigating UFOs. Out for a drive with a gal one night, they stopped to check out the reporting site. But an alien lit right there on the ground, commenced to throw in his weight around. Now, old Six Gun didn't take too kindly to that kind of thing. Especially without Vaseline or anything you know. Seriously. Well, Six Gun looked that critter right in the eye and said, Any last wish before you die? Yo, reached for his gun, quick as a twitch, and said, Fill your claw, you son of a bitch. Now, a legend spread across the land about this pistol-waving man. But if you're from space or from Earth below, you don't give no lip to Six Gun Joe. Undercover with your host, Joe Montaldo, right here on the Paranormal Radio Network. Welcome to UFO Undercover with your host, Joe Montaldo. Oh, hello, everyone. Oh, look, I don't have a head. How'd that happen? Oh, let's fix that right quick. Okay, I'm not exactly sure what's going on. Sorry, guys. Uh... Huh. I'm not knowing what to tell you. I guess the camera decided to go wonkers. Uh, this thing was set just a minute ago. But anyway, welcome to UF on the Cutter. I guess we're not going to have any cam tonight because apparently it's going to be aimed at my good-looking tie all night. 
Uh, I'm not sure why. It's uh, way up in the air, so it actually should be looking straight towards my face. Hmm. Uh, let me see. Is there anything I can put this on real quick? Yes, I see that, Jessica. And you know what? Maybe I can set it on this. Hold on, guys. And I don't have to hear all this rustling. I'm going to stop the mic for a second. I apologize for that, guys. I don't even know what happened there. <laughs> the other camera just is out. <laughs> so, again, I apologize. Oh, come on. Really? You gotta be fucking kidding me. Try this again. Oh, Lord. Sorry, people. I have no idea what was going on with that. Mike's going crazy. All sorts of other things going crazy. I, I just don't even know what to think about that. Anyone, welcome to UF on the cover. Maybe I should edit that five minutes out. Right, two minutes out. Anyway, welcome to UF on the cover. Hope everyone is having a great morning, great afternoon, great evening, wherever you are on our big, beautiful blue planet. You know, I tell people this every week. This is where I want to be. There's nowhere else I want to be. It's one of my favorite places to come hang out is to come hang out with y'all uh, and just talk and chit chat and do guests from time to time when we're, when we're in the guesty kind of mood, you know, things like that. But anyway, tonight's topic is what does the government know about extraterrestrials part two? Uh, and what really does it does our religious leaders, what do they know? Do they know more than our government? You know, that, that's a tricky question, isn't it, since they've been around a lot longer than our government has been. Well... To answer a question from earlier tonight, think about it. The Catholic Church is 
what, a thousand years old, 1500 years old? I'd have to go actually look it up. Um, what's the oldest continuous government on the planet? Mm, it's not us, that's for sure. So I think in a lot of places they're going to have more information and more knowledge on this than we do, or I should say the government does. Uh, researchers are on a different, depending on what kind of research you are, what kind of research you have going on, who you're involved with, and what your techniques are and things like that. That may also determine uh, what kind of information you get out of this. Over the years, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of ufologists, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of ufologists. I mean, I've, I've talked to everybody who's anybody at least a dozen times each on air. That's not in private or conferences or anything like that. That's just on the air. And what gets me, as I've been in this field, if you want to count the whole entire thing, 40 years. Uh, I remember when I first, oh, I've been in the field five years, 10 years. I don't know where the hell 40 years came from, but that's where we are now. And what bothers me more than any single thing is the lack of young people still in the field. That still bothers me. And the fact that we really haven't moved forward in ufology. Abduction research has moved forward somewhat, but ufology research has really not moved forward. It's, it's kind of stuck in a rut, um, just hanging around. It doesn't really want to go anywhere. I thought the YAP stuff from the federal government might breathe some new life into it, but no, not really. I mean, you see more reports now from governments, you know, you see more things on television now, but there's still not anything that's changing anything. It's not that, oh my God, I got them grays getting out of their spacecraft on Wall Street. It's nothing like that. We're not getting any anything like that. We're still getting distant, you know, distant pictures, images, uh, distant videos, videos from... Uh, yeah, well, well, when you get those those flare videos, they suck. Oh, yeah, well, it's a weird look. You can make it out. Just, yeah, I want to see it. I don't want to see the image in infrared. I want to see what the damn craft actually looks like. Um, that's the point. Those images are not selling anyone on their extraterrestrial craft because you can't really know what the hell they are. You know, the pilot might be able to give you some information, but you don't even, you don't even really hear the pilots talking. Um, other than, oh, it's, a, it's an unidentified, and then they go on to, getting the cameras on and stuff. Now, a lot of times they turn off the audio, recorded audio, and go on private audio when they're just talking to the government themselves, or I should say the government, to the military themselves. Bruce, the reason the military came out with this is because they don't know what the hell it is. You know, I love when people tell me, oh, the government's got so much information. Really? Really? You really believe that? Where did they get it from? Roswell? What did we get from Roswell? That's what we got from Roswell. Um... Where did we get it from? ET doesn't seem like they think we're responsible enough to give us technology. So where did we get it from? Where did we get the information from? ET's not really telling us nothing. They don't consider our governments to be any consequence. They proved that many times over the years uh, with flyovers over the over the White House, shutting down nuclear facilities in what five countries, four countries. I'm sorry, you know. Um, well, it was two countries originally when they first did it in the 60s. It was the United States and China, but it repeated somewhere in the late 80s, and it was four countries they did it in. Look, you know, obviously they don't they don't really fear us or think, I mean, they don't fear us in the fact that they don't our technology can harm them anyway. I don't think that's what they're looking for anyway. They're not really looking for a confrontation because we would lose and they would win. So that's not really what they're after. So again, how does the government get this supposable, you see it, supposable information? I, I mean, I, I hear stories, I hear bullshit, 
from some of the top ufologists in the field, none of which they can prove, by the way. Oh, my source this, my source that, my source this. Well, I have sources. I don't really use them for y'all because it's more for my own person. Well, I can't prove who they are, and I don't want to sit here and tell you I have this source, that source. All I can tell you is I was in the military. I got a high security classification. I've been in this particular field for 40 years, and I've made lots and lots and lots and lots of friends, and both in the military and, and, you know, I'll get a bachelor's in science. I'm a freak of a science anyway. I've made lots of friends over the years um, in aerospace. I'm a geek at heart, and I can speak geek, so it's, it's, it's fun for me. And over the years, I've met lots and lots of people. And since I have such high clearance, I'm not a threat to anybody. I can't, if I see something, even if they let me see something intentionally, or even if it's by accident I hear or see something, it's not a threat to them. I can't say anything anyway. So it's a little different for me, but... You know, I enjoy doing this because I am looking for the truth like everybody else is, but I'm, I'm tired of the bullshit. There's so much more bullshit than there is truth. One, the government don't know squat. And there's two ways you know this. One, they're out there trying to get the public to tell them what they think and what they found or what they see. Get me some video. Get me some information. Get me this. Get me that. Uh, we know uh, Bigelow went out there and was paying MUFON to get them information. And uh, military abductions. Those two things prove the government knows squat. They have no idea what their agendas are. They just know they're coming here and taking our citizens, and occasionally they, they benefit from it, or occasionally they don't. And what I mean by that is the government gets these ideas sometimes to go mill at people, and sometimes the grades that are reptilians and humans go, go take them back. They don't appreciate the government having those military people, or I should say those contactees or abductees. They don't appreciate it. They don't figure, figure you have any business with them. You don't know what we're doing to them. You don't know what this is about. And we're not going to let you stress or harm the people that we're already stressing and harming because you're nosy. So they don't tell the government squat in all these secret meetings and secret. Why? Why would a group of greys need to meet with any president? They've already proven handedly for the last hundred years that since we've been tracking it, that we can't stop them. We can't even do anything about it. We can't slow the projects down or anything. They just aliens just go about and do whatever they want. They infiltrate our bases and we just let them go on our bases because there's nothing we can do about it. All we can do is play along and hopefully get something out of it. But the greys and humans and reptilians are not inclined to tell the U.S., Russian, Chinese, or British government what the, they're doing here. They're not. One, they don't trust them. Would you trust any of these four governments I just mentioned? Would you trust any government on this planet for that matter? No government around today is, is trustable with any of this kind of information. And wouldn't you think if you did get it by some means, you, you should immediately go public with it and say, hey, uh, this is what we just found out. There are aliens visiting our planet, and they are taking our citizens, and there's not a damn thing we can do about it. And any information that you can help us to help us to stem the tide, give it to us. But they'd rather sneak around and slurk around and snatch citizens from wherever hypnotize them, give them sodium amethyl, sodium pentothal with a good hypnosis. Man, I, I, could, I could get you to give me every secret in your family. Easy, too. And then I buy a hedge on, I could reprogram the whole entire dream for something else. And, you know, they have people been doing this all their life. I'm good at it, but I'm nowhere near like there. I mean, they've been doing it their whole lives. And if you have a good telepath and you can do a, a passive scan of an individual, why you have this going on, Jesus, the amount of information you can obtain and the things you can put back in a person's head is unrealistic. It's just insane. Uh, Denise, no, hypnosis, <laughs> hypnosis is not dangerous in, in, in most people's hands. 
most of the time, when drugs are not involved, hypnosis is a tool to recover memories or, or to see faces or see events of something that you caught out the corner of your eye or the license plate driving down the street that you can't make out the last three numbers. It's really good for those kind of things. It's good for a lot of recall stuff. And if you're into past life regression or into regression hypnosis for extraterrestrial visitation, that's fine too. But those kind of hypnot when you hypnotize people that way, they will generally not do something they would not normally do in real life, in, in a waking life. Now, I can bring you down pretty deep like that, but still, you would not normally, you know, do something out of character for you. Yes. But it does help you to recover those missing memories, or those locked away or hidden memories, or those stacked memories, or looped memories, whatever you may be experiencing. It's different now than it was, and see, and, and ICAR is the only organization that talks about this, so it's different because aliens changed the way they did things. And by doing so, it leaves the Z-Janus and part of the Millennials out in a different type of scenario. So today when they do something, they don't really have missing time anymore. You don't really hear any kind of missing time from anybody young. Uh, it's usually some kind of weird time. Time is skewed or it's gained or it's different, but it's not missing time. Not like as you would think of, but the people from the, like the babies, boomers and the X-Janus and the older version of the Millennials, They've experienced missing time and things like that because the way they were abducted young, that was still going on. Uh, for the baby boomers, it was still going up until they were in their 50s uh, or probably in their late 40s. Millennials, it was their younger age, you know, from the teens down. And for the X generation, it was prime prime, you know, 30, 40 years old. So the, the Z generation will never experience that. It's not going to be part of their abduction scenario. Neither is... A lot of the ways they used to do memories, now they just use cover memories as looped memories. Just something that is mundane in your head and you don't question. Yeah, I'm walking home from school. I'm out playing ball. I'm talking to my friends on the phone. Whatever it might be. It's just something mundane that you're not going to question the memory. You're just going, oh, well, yeah, I do that all the time. So why would I question the memory? Yeah, I cause who broke that as well. downloads that's all of our research there's so much of our research in the field today it's not even funny what do you mean do i get mad oh sometimes yeah when i okay we we released all this stuff most of it on our own so we can't fault anybody but ourselves but and we don't mind people using it as long as they give us credit for the research but a lot of people perjure it in ufology because you're only as good as your last thing in ufology. See, I'm not a ufologist, so uh, I would be considered an alien abduction research. I'm not, I don't really look chase UFOs. Oh, I go to sky watches and stuff like that and, and visitations, but it's um, different because we're really, we're looking for the pieces of the puzzle. Why are they doing this? Why are they taking particular family lines? Uh, how did this all start? That That's what we're looking for. We're not so much worried about the technology, and that's for the government to worry about. Well, mainly because I don't think they're going to ever give us the technology, and if they ever gets in our hands, they're just going to come take it. I just don't think it's something they're going to let us have. So for me, I honestly think there are a handful of researchers, probably six in the whole world, that know far more than the government does. I mean, far more than the government does. And those six probably know a lot. If, if you had to give the six of them pieces of the puzzle, they probably know 50% of it combined, not individually. 
But it's weird. You know, I was talking with a friend of mine about this the other day. And um, we talk about core groups. And it's weird for ufology, for abduction research. There does seem to be core groups. So there'll be usually two or four people that will make up the center of a core group. And then there'll be eight or ten people around them. And then there'll be 20 or 30 people around them. It just keeps going out in the bigger and bigger, bigger circle until it gets up to about maybe between 25 and 5,000 people. And there's X amount of those core groups around the planet. Nowadays, it looks like the core groups have started to merge. So it's more like 25 or 35,000 people a group. But still, it still focuses from them four. And those four are generally keepers, people that are involved with what the aliens are doing. Uh, they know a lot more than most people would ever find out, a lot more than most abductees will find out. Keepers are very unique in the fact that they work alongside of the ET, not forced, but they want to. And they see a lot of what happens to humans, and they still stay and they do it. And they're there to help humans get through it, help them to deal with it while they're on board the ship, explain new technologies that they may face while they're on the ship. If they're people, true contactees or communicators, that we like to call them, these are people that get access on board the ship to lots of different things. So the keepers are there to help them along with all that stuff because they've been through it themselves already. It's kind of like a, a human mentor in a way. Well, one, when you're on board to the when you're on board the big ships, I imagine there are several different types of aliens you get to see. No, I don't think they come down. I don't think they're allowed to come down here. For, I'm sure there's many, many different reasons. One, the, the primary reason I think it would be too dangerous for them. For for alien races along our own evolutional standards, or I should say, should say standards, but along our own evolutional plane. We could be a, dangerous to them. And even one's not that far ahead. It's like the black-eyed people. Uh, you know, everybody always would tell me they're demons and ghosts, but I've heard many, many contactees talk about them being with the greys. And then when we started put, posing questions, we found that they were just another race like us, uh, on ship, involved as keepers uh, for their race. You mean why were they with us? That, that's a good question, but there could be lots of answers to that. Maybe because they wanted to see how it goes if the abductions are the same for their race as ours. Maybe they wanted to scare somebody. It just—it could be anything, and maybe humans get to go see them get abducted. I, I, you know, that is, but all that is sheer speculation because there's just no evidence other than this dream or that dream. And it's not that I write off dreams because there could be a lot of information in a dream, but. Um, it has to be a dream one. It's got to be a waking dream. And two, generally those kind of dreams that show up in other people, uh, either just alike or real close to it. It's like the Holocaust dream. I mean, one third of all of our contactees, which today is, I think the organization's got over 100,000 people who have submitted. Uh, so that would be around 30, 33,000. Uh, or have the Holocaust dream. And when I say they have the Holocaust dream, they have the same dream, different places, same dream. With the exception of one group dreams about this. It sounds like a military base they're on. There's like white houses and buildings, like little stores and stuff on it. Little streets. It's like a little town, village with a big 18-foot uh, chain link fence all the way around it. No dogs, no guards. Um, uh, also, they're, they're allowed to have the blue plasma bass, I guess, to keep them safe from whatever the plague is that's running loose on the planet. Um, it's but That's the only, they're, they're still in that group because they understand what's going on. They're just like in a safe haven. Sounds like the military gathered them up to me. 
Well, if it is truly a plague or a pandemic of some kind uh, that only lasts seven days, then I would imagine if you found a group of people who seem to be immune, you'd want to snatch them up and see what you'd find out. That's what the key... That, 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 this answer here would be in a book, but that's what the um, other keepers do. The ones who will be left behind when, when whatever ends, whenever they take whoever they're taking. Well, for me, a lot of times it sounds like the Bible. Uh, it sounds like Armageddon. Revelations. Yeah, there's a great plague that comes across the planet killing all but the contactees and anybody who's managed to get their blood into their system. Kills all those people. And it's record to be somewhere around 10 billion. So that's not that far in the future. But I, I never put dates because I never know who's telling the truth and who's lying. Uh, and we could have a war and kill off two or three billion people. So that could be a couple hundred years, maybe a thousand years in the future. But whenever it is, uh, I know there is facial recognition all over the place. Uh, the cars recognize you when they get in into the all, Everybody said all the vehicles are all automatic. Uh, you can drive them, but they prefer that they drive themselves. They talk to you. They have TVs and stuff in them. They go on and on about every time you walk in front of a store, it starts talking about the product, the last product you bought or the last product you searched for. Uh, here's a good deal here at this store or that store. It sounds really irritating is what it sounds like to me. Stuff that right now is outlawed not in this country. Oh, yeah, in this country it's outlawed. Oh, trust me, they can already do it. Oh, yeah, they can, they can have facial recognition software that recognizes your face or your name, and it could just start, when you hears your voice or anything, it could just start trying to sell you product. What happened to the last thing was, you know, something bad, like you were surfing porn or something, or worse. <laughs> Don't ask me what could be worse than porn. There is, though. Regardless, um, yeah, that's one of the reasons it's banned in this country. But it brings us right back, too. So I, I personally think that a few religious people on this planet have more information than any governments do. And like I said earlier, there are probably about six abduction researchers. We'll just say, um, we'll just call them just, these are really are about contact, six contact researchers that probably know at least as much as the, the, uh, the religious people do and way more than the government does. Well, that's why people like Bigelow and, and some of the other aerospace people, I'm not going to mention their name on air, but have contacted different organizations about information. Um, a long time ago, you know, one of the things we preach all the time is keep a journal, keep a journal, keep a journal. When you get up in, in the mornings, write down your journal, write in your journal, write in your journal. Just make it a habit. Or when you have a contact or any kind of experience, write it in the journal. A lot of times when you go back and read this journal, it's jibber-jabber. When you go back like a year and read forward, it's not something else uh, so it's it's a really good key well occasionally we'll run across people who have been in contact with certain technologies well I remember uh, a particular dream I had so I got up that morning and I laid it out um, this was I don't know 14 15 years ago and uh, I laid it out drew it all out and explained how it worked well I had Dr. Paula Vett this is well, this is even longer than that this is like 20 21 22 years when I first started doing live radio he was one of my first six or seven guests. And I started explaining to him what it was, and he's like, well, that's freaking brilliant. I'm like, what do you mean it's brilliant? It's, it's jibber-jabber. He said, oh, no, because basically what we were talking about was a way to create a massive amount of energy and be able to release the energy into space and, and propel a craft at near light speed. 
we weren't trying to get anything over that. We just so we got into it really deep. It was kind of boring for the rest of the audience, but it was it was it was very interesting to me because it was just a dream I had. Well, I had someone who was listening that night had a similar dream, but actually took it further. So um, I still remember this. We actually were asked not to talk about it no more, both from the radio station owner and from someone who just hacked into the system in the middle of the show and said, please stop talking about this. We're just giving you a friendly warning, and, and we did. We stopped talking about it. <laughs> I, I, you know, what it was, maybe it could have been a billionaire. Maybe I could have been the next Elon. I don't know. But whatever it was, they didn't want us talking about it. And from time to time, like the alien agenda, from time to time, they would break in the system. They were always listening because, see, no, you can't see it here, but um, just we'll, we'll just pretend this is it. But you see how they got that little red light on there? So anytime there's an open line system going in or out of the station, there's a little red light. It used to be a little box that was plugged into the uh, mic box that went out to the telephone system. If there was an open line, it would, it would stay there. It would have a just a steady, non-flash, just a steady light, which meant someone else was listening into the conversation. There was someone else in the conversation. Well, now we have one that works off a of software that lets us know. See, right now I'm the only one on StreamYard, okay, plus whoever guest is in, whoever might be in the chat room. But, this is showing a source light coming in from somewhere else. Someone else is listening. They've tapped into the system. We're listening. They're not. They're not on one of our venues listening, like Spreaker or yeah, anything. They're not on any of them. They're not at the website listening. Yeah, that's not how they're listening. They're actually in the feed. And how whoever you're out there, CIA and SA, whoever you're, whatever alphabet organization you're, happy. I hope you have a great day. Um, whatever you know you're doing, we're not. I know we're talking about government information tonight. And see, that's another thing. Why bother tapping to any ufologist, any abduction researcher, if you think it's hooey? Why would you? It used to aggravate the shit out of my producer, Jeff. Because it would screw with the system sometimes. Um, these days, it's, everything's a little bit more sophisticated. So they can get in and not actually really make anything go haywire while they're in the system. And the security is pretty good for the network, so... You know, if you do something too stupid, the uh, <laughs> one of the doors will just open. It's like a trap door almost. Oh, it's a great program I got. I used to run all that high dollar security, and a friend of mine, Billy, who, well, we'll just say he's he's got a government job. Leave it at that. He writes all my security for me now. Oh my god, the guy is a beast. Is all I can tell you. I, I don't even worry about. It. I haven't. Sent, I don't even want to say this out loud, but he's, he's just been a great addition to the station. Is all I can tell y'all. Last 15 years, last 14 years have been much nicer, much more fun. Well, just recently, one of our big carriers, Podcast Garden, was arguing with some guy in North Korea, not Northern South Korea, about how great his security was. A guy hacked him, put his face bouncing across the thing, and destroyed his site, all of his software and everything, uh, all of his, all of his, <laughs> everything financially. It, it, the guy never recovered from it, lost a good business over it. Uh, so, you know, you got to protect yourself. But getting back to Uncle Sam, if they just don't know what they want you to think they know, or let me rephrase that. If they don't know what ufologists want you to think they think they know, okay? It's much easier for, I'm not going to use anybody's names, that certain big ufologists can say the government this, the government that, the government this. You notice they never prove it, but they say it a lot. Oh, I, this guy told me this, that guy told me this, that guy told me that. Oh, really? Well, who's this guy? I wonder who this guy is. Oh, we got to protect our leak of bullshit. Okay, anybody can say, I got a leak. Or so, yeah, sorry. <laughs> anybody, can say, anybody can say they've got a, a special person inside. 
it's just what it comes down to. And since no one ever produces any real proof, nothing ever really changes. You mean like Nick Pope? Nick, 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 I don't have anything against Nick. It's just Nick said he did all this high level stuff with the government, but okay. Nick's been in the field at least as long as I have been, or maybe a little, not, not quite as long, but he's been in a long time. Does a lot of TV. Okay. Uh, anything's changed? Any earth shattered information came out of Nick? Any of them. Give me one named ufologist, one big name ufologist who really made a difference in the way people look at ufology. Just one. What gets me is uh, what my regular size audience is for this show and what their audience is for the whole year. <laughs> they don't even match one show. It's one of the reasons we started doing this. I got tired of fighting with everybody. You got to get on this show. You got to get on that show. And I still do coast. I mean, I just did a coast in April. Or, yeah, April. And I could give them a call and go back. It's just, and I like coast. There's nothing against coast or anything. It's just, um, I used to see big numbers off of coast when I go on it. Maybe if I went like four times in one year, I might see bigger numbers. But it's, um, I just don't see the play off of that that I used to play. That is my phantom doorbell. I don't know what that's about. But we installed a door cam today. And now we have a phantom doorbell. <laughs> oh, there it goes. I don't know what that is. I ain't heard all Charles said it did it. Uh, it's like the door last night that opened up and stopped. Uh, my, my daughter, my stepdaughter, standing with. She said a big blue orb came in her room. I don't know. Weird, weird stuff. I might have to get. I might have to get the girls on. Yes, the girls, the women. I'm sorry, Michelle De Rocher and Amelia Passano. Passano. Yes, they come on next on the outer room. Haven't looked to see who their guest was, but I'll check before. Uh, the show's over tonight. Why do I think, okay, why do I think that religious people have more information than the government? You ever heard of the Catholic Church? <laughs> Just that, you ever heard of Catholic Church? First off, Monsignor Balducci, who I met in Washington, D.C. back in, I think it was 2009. Uh, him and I had a long discussion. I felt sorry for Paula Harris because she was translating. And um, it was it was just, it was just too much to be believed. Uh, but anyway, I mean, she had to work hard because we were we were having a, a conversation, conversation, and he said the church has been knowing about extraterrestrials for since its conception, um, which confused me a little bit, and uh, that they have lots of stuff down in the honeycomb. The honeycombs. In the, <laughs> I'm sorry, foods on my brain, people. Um, they have lots and lots of uh, different pre pieces of proof down in the archives, uh, which some people get to go into, by the way, and get to see. Well, about three years later, I met the astronomer for the Catholic Church. And I was telling him what Monsignor Balducci had told me, and he agreed, by the way, 100%. But one of the things they told me that floored me is they said that the extraterrestrials were on a higher spiritual plane than we are. Oh, shit. First off, this was got to piss all off all of my, my, my peace, love, and life friends. Because they think that's how we contact the aliens. Well, come to find out, the aliens are on a higher plateau. Matter of fact, they see consciousness and religion and, or and spirituality in a different way than humans do. Well, you've been around for half a million, half a uh, half a billion years, and so you might learn some stuff that we haven't. I mean, as a race goes, we're ten thousand years of civilization, maybe twelve if if you want to, you know, maybe ten thousand five hundred if you want to count the cities. We found off the coast of India when that tsunami hit. Um, so 10,000, 12,000 years of civilization versus, I don't know, 
500 million years, 300 million years, a billion years. I mean, we're like insects. It's the, humans just don't understand. These are not races that are, are like next to us or close to us. They're not even using what we call click and touch technologies. The greys don't use it at all. The greys use strictly organic technology through mental manipulation. That's what they use. The greys and, and humans use a combination of. Uh, they don't know. They don't use organic. They use uh, uh, um, I wouldn't call it electronics because there's no wire involved. But they use some type of technology that we would consider just like a button click technology, but it works off of thought. There are no switches or anything. But there are screens and other stuff. There are fixed instruments on the ships and stuff like that. Where if the grays, there's only an instrument panel if it's needed. It, it creates it when it needs it. It takes it back when it doesn't. It's a very efficient design. Yes, and, and the ships can produce their own food. Their, I mean, their own fuel and the grays' food there. Well, one of the grays' food sources there. So it's it's very interesting stuff. And it's far beyond anything that we're even even thinking about. When, when you hear, and this is a lot of times how you know this is true extraterrestrials, because sometimes you'll hear stuff that the humans haven't even thought about yet. If I was a, like Elon Musk money, I could probably be really rich now. I mean, because they, they, they have, they talk about ideas that humans haven't even really tried to conceive yet. And probably some of them wouldn't even know what to do with, even if it was brought into the public eye. We would be lost. We'd be like, what the hell is this for? Um, like, let's tell the truth. Uh, Christy, the greys, uh, the greys, I don't call osmosis, but the greys absorb most of their food through their skin. They could, at one time they ate because they do have a mouth with teeth in it, but and maybe they still do. But most people talk about a, a blue plasma they absorb through their skin. And the reason this is important is because the greys really aren't gray. We don't really talk about their real color much, but uh, anytime they absorb this food, it, it changes the way they look. So if they just fed, they'll have this I don't even know how to describe it. It's a blue that it's a blue that's not we haven't seen on Earth yet. Uh, when, when people tell you about seeing it, they tell you describe it. I've never seen this blue on Earth before. It's most people call it like a, an electric cobalt blue because it's a deep, rich blue with almost like an aura glowing around the alien. And as it fades out of their body, it becomes more translucent and more of a gray look than a blue look because the body can trans. It can also make them look white. But so technically, there's the grays, the whites, and the browns, or the blues, the whites, and the browns. But all three of them feed. When they feed, their food so it makes them look a different color. That was strict abduction criteria for a long, long time. If someone didn't know that, we didn't even consider them to be a real abductee or contacted. No, we've made it public now, but uh, still, we didn't consider them to be real if they didn't know it. Just like if you're not empathic or telepathic or one or the other, we don't consider you to be a real abductee. Uh, yes. Well, Mikey, Mike, I'm sorry. The uh, reptilians, reptilians eat same things humans eat. Just, yeah, well, when I say that, what I mean by that is, I don't mean they go eat whatever, uh, cows and stuff. They just, they, they're meat eaters and vegetarians. I mean, they eat meat and vegetable, just like the humans do. But the greys are on a much higher evolution scale than the rest of them are, so. They figured out how to do it easier. Well, you know, the blue plasma, we learned about the blue plasma, not because it was a food source or a fuel source for the ships, but the grays, when humans are, sometimes when they've had a rough abduction, they will immerse you in this completely, over your face, everything. Obviously, you can breathe when you're in it, 
And when humans come out of it, they feel rejuvenated. They feel like a rebirth. They feel really good, comfortable. It actually takes away a lot of the anxiety and stuff. So, and uh, But for a long time, we kept having these contacts. He said, it's, I remember being in this blue star for this really blue stuff. Or, or I remember this blue color. And, and man, for like 10 years, it drove me nuts. I'm like, what the, is this blue about? Uh, what is it about? And so finally, we started programming contactees. And when we say that, what we mean is we sent out questions to 50 contactees. Not abductees, but contactees or keepers. And we said, why is there, why is there a commonality between this blue color? And within two or three days, somebody got picked up. And somebody came back and said, it's a fuel source. And we were like, okay. And about two days after that, somebody came back and said, it's a food source. And then about four others said it was a food source. And, I said, and then it came back as a, a healing device. I'm like, what the hell? So finally, we needed clarification. So we went back and reprogrammed them again to ask, what exactly is this? And how did it come to be? And then about 10 of them came back with the real story. Um, and what's good about this is none of these people know each other. They only answered the three of us. They don't, none of them know each other. So when they give you word-for-word -word explanations, you have to take it serious. It's one of the things about the way ICARD does research. Uh, we know we do comparison study, but we do it in such a way that it's really hard to argue with. So, you know, when none of these people know each other, there's no chance of them finding out what the question is, and there's no chance of them meeting each other to, to go over what they're going to tell me. It's a very unique way of doing research, and it works really well. We've learned a lot of stuff over the years. We've asked a lot of questions, and we've learned a lot of stuff over the years. And uh, it's just it's an interesting way of doing it. But you mean when I give the government all my research? Wait a minute. Okay. I've said this on air before. I have no problem because a lot of what a, a lot of the research we do, I talk about on air anyway. I would have no problem with helping the government with a lot of this. And in some ways, I've already have. But, but there are some things like names we're not really willing to give out because with the amount of people who submitted applications to us, you know, just, you know, you heard me say 100,000, so 26,000, I'm sorry, 21,000 are from India alone. 5,000 of them are from Brazil alone. So that's 26 out of 100 right there. Only about 25,000 or 26,000 are from the U.S. The rest of them are spread out from around the world. Um, China, though, you know, China, I think we've only got two or 300. Russia, we've only got like a hundred. Europe, on the other hand, if you do the EU as a, as a group, they're probably around 35,000. Uh, it's just people who submitted and took the, the questionnaire and took the, um, the contact, the, um, not the contact you study, the gray reptilian or human study, whatever alien you were picked up by. All our combination. Uh, but it's a really great way of doing research. It's, it's a good way of getting good, solid information. And, and, our, and our problem is, I mean, again, I'm like everybody else. I'm trying to find out why the ET is so interested in humans. The family line thing, sorry if I'm slurping anybody's ear. The family line thing, though, really, for me, that's really just about when they were taken initially. So the reason they abducted these family lines is because initially – Whatever 50, 100, 500, 5,000 people they initially took in the very first abductions, um, these are the family lines, and they're following these family lines forward. And yeah, I've said this before, you know, people don't think about this, but the greys live a long time. All the races live a long time. It's quite easy for just a one reptilian and a one grey to bend there when your great-great-great-great-great-grandmother 50 times removed was abducted and has been there ever since. And if reincarnation is real, 
they've actually watched you reincarnate because you are a great contactee, so they're taking you or a reptilian contactee. Yes, people don't think about these kind of things I do. I think about all this crazy stuff, but it's one of these things that you have to stop and think about. Uh, I mean, they've been here a long, long time, and they've been taking us forever. So, it, like again, if there is reincarnation, they're seeing you. Uh, they're probably recognizing you at that. And they've, they've abducted your mom, your dad, your grandfather, your great-grandfather, and so on and so forth back. They know your family, things about your family that, frankly, y'all have forgotten about. They, they, they've abducted relatives that you have forgotten about and moved on from. Yeah, it sounds a little harsh, but it's true. But we got to take a break in a second. But, um, yes, just getting everybody used to breaks again. Advertising, you know. Oh, we lost uh, one of our big companies uh, who pay for advertising. No, no, we didn't lose anything. We did. They um, went out of business. Yeah, what can you do? Well, they don't need to reincarnate, Chris. Think about it from a Gray's point of view. And this is something our government's been working on for about 25 years now. Um, and they did make this public. So they have the ability to upload their full consciousness to a new host body. And it's not a clone body. It's a host body. It's a husk body. This is just DNAs that were put together that formed a new body, just like any other thing. So they can actually store themselves. Like, say one of them died here and there wasn't a body close by. They can actually store themselves on board one of their crafts systems, one of their drive systems, until they get there and be uploaded in there. It's how they do us a lot of times. You know, people don't realize when we talk about the abductions, there's really three kind of abductions. There's a non-physical abduction, which is when they take your essence of who you are and either do one of two things with it. They either put it in a hologram or they put it in a different body by itself uh, and you interact with the aliens yeah, but your body never actually physically leaves and then there's a physical abduction where they actually take you complete and there's no reason I don't understand why they do one different they do them different ways for different reasons I know a lot of times you'll see a download after a non-physical abduction more so than you will after a physical abduction uh, maybe it has to do with training uh, maybe it has to do with something that's going on maybe it's, it's easier for you to function on board the ship this way or maybe it's whatever they're teaching you, that's the easiest way to teach you. But um, Or there may be some damn danger to your human body, so they use one of these other ways of doing it. Whatever it is, they do do it, and we do know they do it now. Uh, so, But the greys, reptilians, and humans can do this. The greys do it much better, and they can do it at long distances. Um, matter of fact, more than likely, you know, I see bits and pieces of this kind of stuff in sci-fi. It always makes me think that uh, the person who wrote it was probably an abductee. Well, you see this in, uh, what was it, Battlefield Galactica? Did it? Oh, yeah, they did it. A couple other sci-fi movies did it as well. It's, uh, but, yes, you don't remember Battlefield Galactica? They could jump back into another body? And I wasn't even a Galactica fan, and I knew, damn, shame on y'all. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of the second Galactica, or the third, fourth Galactica, whatever the hell it was. Uh, yes, and what can I say? Too dramatic for me. I like a little comedy in my sci-fi. I'm sorry. Anyway, getting back to what we were talking about. You know, with all these different races on board these ships and, and non-physical abductions and things like that, you would think that maybe someone in the government would be able to latch on to that, but they just don't seem to be able to do it. And to be all fair to the government, they have a lot other... I'm sorry. Well, my English is going bad tonight. My grammar. Um, the government has a lot of other things to worry about than just extraterrestrials. I mean, they have to worry about E.T. because E.T. is taking their citizens and doing things, but there's nothing they can do about it. So why make yourself crazy on something you can't do anything about? Really, think about it. 
I mean, here you are, you're president, vice president, whoever you are, because a lot of people don't even know. But there comes a point where you have to deal with the economy and inflation and money and gas and food, you know, the other parties, the other countries, wars, things like that. It's just a lot to deal with. So sometimes I think this all gets pushed on the back burner until something pops out that makes it stand out again. And recently it's just been a flap of UFOs caught on, on military cameras. But what is that really a UFO? Is it really? Because we know alien craft do not have to show themselves. So is it truly an extraterrestrial craft they're catching? Uh, you know, that's an interesting question, Chris. And, and it's yes and it's no. So they can, a grain can have the ability to attach its consciousness to you. I don't, I don't know if it attaches its whole consciousness to you, but it does have the ability to attach it. It also has the ability to know where you are telepathically at any time. So somehow or another, the Greys have the ability to keep a low-level telepathic link with all their contactees. Uh, I don't know how, how many are assigned to each Grey, uh, but they, they do that. So they can sense your moods and stuff like that, things that are going on in your life. That's why sometimes you get these weird, out-of-the-random contacts that are like, where the hell this came from? Or sometimes it's just something that proves you're not crazy. It's, it's really weird how they do it. Um, people like to tell me the light beams can do it. From, but what I understand about the light beams, they would... They would melt us. It would be like trying to pure, pour pure plasma down our throats. I don't think they can attach the cells in that way. Um, maybe maybe a tiny little sliver of them might be able to attach or something. You may meet something, but not, not the light beams or cells. I think it would just kill us. Uh, I know my new age friends are going to be cussing me all week, but look, guys, you have to think of this in, in reality. It's not that I don't think you can't communicate with them. I just don't think, and I'm trying to share a consciousness level. And I'll get in trouble for this too, but think about this. No human on this planet could share a consciousness level with the greys or the reptilians. I mean, the greys or the humans. Oh, shit. The greys or the light beings, sorry. Because one, we just wouldn't understand what we were seeing. There's just no common ground. Uh, the reptilians at least is some common ground because we act like the reptilians. And a lot of our bad habits the reptilians have, and the humans for that matter. So, you know, their DNA, both their DNA is showing us because it's kind of who we are. But the greys and, the, and uh, the light beings are just on a different level, mentally, physically, spiritually. Just It's not something we'll be able to access. And yeah, I know people get mad at me, but uh, they're just way beyond us. Maybe in a million years, maybe in five million years we might be able to, but not anywhere time soon. Now, sharing consciousness with the gray, I mean, with the reptilians and the humans, I'm sure we can do that from time to time. Uh, they are way more advanced than we are, and, and there will be a lot of things we don't understand, but there will be a lot of things that we do understand. Um, so, with them, I think it's a little bit different because, I mean, they basically are, we're basically them, just, you know, way less advanced. Uh, but still, in a lot of ways, we, we're just like, the reptilians have families, they're protective of their families. A lot of them are agrarians. Uh, they're basically an agrarian society, except for the military cast, uh, which is a big cast, but still. Um, you know, and, and they, they can get angry, they can be happy, they can have a butt, belly, you know, big roll, laugh. I mean, so a lot of what we are comes from them, and you can see it in us. And when, we, when you talk about it, we act a lot like them. And, and they're not doing anything that humans don't do. I mean, we abduct things all the time. We, well, wait, first off, whoever said that, we do abduct our own citizens. And not just us, a lot of countries have abducted citizens for whatever reasons. We're not going to get into that. Uh, but then, worse than that, we're out there, I shouldn't say worse than that, but we're out there 
pull the bears out there with its baby doing its thing. All of a sudden, helicopter comes up, starts all three of them, take them on, probe them, stick them, give them vaccines, check their weight, toss them around, throw them back out the hell top of the ground. They wake up going, what the hell just happened? They're just dumb animals. Well, that's us too. We're just dumb animals. We're walk, rolling around going, what the hell just happened? The only difference is they don't have to wipe their memories. They need to wipe ours so we don't run around screaming the sky is falling. So again, that takes us back to what does the government know? Not much if they have to do military abductions. And in recent years, the amount of military abductions have gone up, not down. And the reason why is they just don't know what the hell is going on. You know, they don't really have that much technology. And it's how you get in trouble with this because a lot of ufologists make their mainstream money off of things like Roswell and Eddie and Barney Hill and cases that are really irrelevant to today's ufology. I mean, they're so old that they really doesn't make a difference in today's ufology. Uh, most of the people who are involved, well, all the people who are involved with those cases are dead. Uh, and there's so many researchers that have said so much crap to it, you don't even know who to believe. Um, so they're, they're just irrelevant cases when it comes right down to it. Which gets me in trouble because I shouldn't say that, but it is. So you, you, and it's not just that. I mean, people making their money off or, or writing about other people or writing about other books or putting people's other people's research together and stuff like that. I mean, that's all fine and dandy, but how many times can you do that? And, and what? how is it really helping ufology? It's not. The problem here is, is these people are all about their self and not about the field or the people that want to learn. You know, no one really offers anything for kids or young people, teenagers. They, they don't even try to make it attractive to them. They don't even think about it. Unless, you know, unless somebody gets a name mentioned in one of the sci-fi series. When you go out, like we did a, a thing a couple of months ago. Uh, matter of fact, I did it with a Dragon Con. I was sitting in a booth at Dragon Con asking how many people knew what MUFON was. One out of about every 20. And these are people at Dragon Con knew what the hell MUFON was. These are, you know, young people. I was, I was, it was actually depressing. Uh, you know, I asked how many of them were into ufology. Shit, like one out of every 100. It's our fault. It's nobody's fault but our own. We're the guys that, that screwed this up. And I've been preaching this for 40 years, and still nobody's out there uh, changing. I've tried, and we do try, and we've probably got more young people in the organization, you know, 18 and up, but still. Uh, minimum age is 18 not to join. And we're in the middle of, um, it'll probably take us, it won't be till after the end of the year, but is going to become, how can I say this? They're going to become the um, the database for a new organization. Yes. Well, ICAR's been around a long time, 25 years now, and we want to keep it around. But we need to, to move in a few other directions that the confines of that organization will ICAR kind of owns all of this. It's hard to explain. They they are. So when you hear us talk about United Public Radio and UFO Paranormal Radio, it technically belongs to International Community of Alien Research. That's who it belongs to. Um, it was designed for them to have a way to get out the information without having to wait months and weeks and years to get on somebody's radio show or television show to get it out. And yes, once you get famous enough, you can get on TVs and radio shows. Why don't I go on Ancient Aliens? I've been on Ancient Aliens three times. Yeah. Um, and I'm seeing pretty, pretty good feedback from it. But I'll, you know what I've seen from it? I introduced a blood type study on there. And then I seen two different ufologists claim it was theirs. And this was cracked me up. Linda Moulton Howell did this. She was one of them. So two years before the second time I went on, 
um, I had introduced some blood types. I had actually introduced it 10 years earlier than that on a New York radio station. But um, but I had come in for, for the first time it was done on television, was on Ancient Aliens, and I introduced the blood type study and what it was and what it was about. And uh, and it was a big hit and everybody loved it. So two years later, they asked me to come back on and talk about it again. I said, fine, it's something I like to talk about, blah, 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 blah. And I went back on and talked about it. Well, I'm watching that episode because I'm in it, right? Ten minutes after I'm done, here comes Linda Moore. How claiming it was hers, even though I was actually on before she was in that episode, and two years earlier, she was claiming it was hers. She quoted me word for word for word for word. It was pathetic. I can't even believe ancient aliens let her do it. It was it was, it was just pathetic. Yeah, it was. It, it, and I, I don't think she realized. There's a lot of people re- realized that that were watching the, the show. I got a lot of email about it, and I've got email from some of her friends. And I was like, dude, I said, I don't know what happened. I said, maybe somebody told her about the first appearance and she read off and all and then she changed, whatever. It didn't really make that much difference to me because the information is out there for y'all to use. So if I, I just, my only issue was she should have said uh, some of this research was based on international community failing research. And I would I'd have been perfectly fine with her using it uh, because I want it out there. That's the whole point. The more people that know about this, the more people are going to go take this test and the more people I'm going to find out if it holds true. Right now, 66% of everybody who's out of the 100,000, 66,000 are RH negative. And 34,000 are RH positive. Well, that's a little confusing because the majority of the planet, 85% is RH positive. So shouldn't it be that way? Does grays and reptilians and humans have a favorite blood type? And if so, why? What the hell? And if so, are they the ones that introduced it? Because remember, people, until 45,000 years ago, there was no, or 35,000 years ago, there was no RH negative on the planet. Everybody was RH positive. Pretty much everybody was brown skin, brown hair, brown eyed, and RH positive. That was our planet. Which is, they say we're going to end up going back to, well, brown skin, not, not so much the eye color, but the hair color and skin color, they said probably within a thousand years would be a, just a relatively brown, uh, brown skin, brown hair. They're talking about it as a population interbreed, is what they're talking about. Yeah. I have no idea because I'm not going to be alive. So, what am I getting shit? And I wouldn't care anyway. What does it matter? Yeah, I mean, what do you mean? Oh, no. No, 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 no. Okay. To whoever just said that to my ass comment, my wife is black haired, brown eyed, RH positive. Yes. What do you, what, what you thought I was going to say? Yeah, 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 yeah. You see, we're just wrong. Yeah. Yes. Well, no, actually, there is one organization that did do that. Um, they they flipped it, the data and said just the opposite of everybody else who's done this, which is right now, it's been a, at least 100 of us have done it now. Uh, they flipped the data and said it was all positive. And I would have probably left it go, but I knew somebody who was on the board. And I asked her, I said, is everybody on that board orange positive? She said, yeah. I said, okay. That told me right there. That oh, was just too funny. You mean, oh, you mean ICAR organization? Oh, oh, I am RH negative, yes. I'm O negative, actually. And uh, which, which is kind of funny because in the organization, so this is weird. Uh, the majority of contactees are RH negative in the organization, but the majority of directors are not. The majority of directors are RH positive. I mean, I was like, in the very beginning, I was like the sore thumb, man, because it was like 90% were RH positive. Well, a lot of my friends are RH positive, apparently. Uh, maybe yeah, RH negative, RH positive. I don't know what it is. but uh, 
So when we do the data, we have a strict rule at iGuard. Everything's watched really close. There's people who just keep an eye on me. <laughs> so I don't go crazy and start saying crazy stuff or develop a cult or something. No, I'm serious. You think I'm playing, but I'm not. One of my good friends, D. Andrew, who passed away, and I miss her a lot, uh, they used to call her my babysitter. Now, D was Icross national director, so she wasn't actually my babysitter. She had a lot of work to do, but um, she was the one that, that kept me on track. Her, uh, another friend of mine, and Linda, my wife, kept us on track. Well, because it's easy to start believing your own press. It's easy to get into that, and I didn't want to fall into the trap. I wanted people around me who were not scared to say, hey, Joe, what did you just say, you dumbass? You know, I didn't, I didn't want to catch... Arch Negative is cool because we're, we're a different kind of person. Yes, and before anybody asks, yes, there are differences in personalities between RH Negative and RH Positive people. They are. As, um, what do you mean, more new age? I don't know if that's true or not. I have not tested that. You know, maybe one day I will. Yes, <laughs> I have not actually tested that. No, because i got a lot of friends that would, you, would be considered new age. Well, new age is a dirty word because it doesn't, it doesn't really do justice to my, my more advanced soul friends. There you go. Um, no, because they're not all crazy. A lot of them really have good, stout, strange, strong ways of thinking. Uh, they just want to save the planet and stuff like that, which is nothing wrong with that. You mean Fairy Princess? No, we're not even going there tonight. No Fairy Princess tonight. No, sorry. <laughs> Leave it alone. But really and truly, RH negative people are different. And even amongst RH negatives, the O negative people are a little different too. Uh, maybe they're a little crazier. Maybe they're a little different. It's it's weird, and it's hard to explain. So, you know, if you were born AB negative or AB positive, you were told that you're one point five percent of the world's blood type. That's it. Something happens to you. Oh my God! You mean you better hope somebody's there? But that's not really true, because RH, uh, um, AB negative and AB positive can take RH negative. Oh, I'm talking O negative, which is a universal donor. So technically, they got 8% chance of surviving because of the RH negative. I should say the O negative. But O negative people can only take O negative blood. There is no universal donor for O negative people. And since they're already donating their blood out to save other lives, they can find themselves in a qualm, especially if they're traveling abroad because... The world is a weird place. You know, when we did this blood type study, we realized that there were sections of the planet. To put this in perspective, so most people don't know this, but you can go look this up for yourself. The majority of people who live in Central and South America are O. Whether it's O positive or O negative, they're O. It's weird. It's weird. They're just O. 98%. There's a lot of people who live in Central and South America. And they're just, oh, no, 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 no. Mexico is not South Central America. No. Mexico, unfortunately, is North America. Maybe the bottom of it they might consider to be Central America, but really and truly, Mexico is North America. It's just the three countries. Well, technically, we're going to count Cuba, uh, but it's uh, it's the United States, Canada, and Mexico. We've, we make up North America. The very first time somebody told me that Mexico was North America, I said, you're so full of crap. Well, I was like 12, but still. Uh, but no, that's what it is. Yes, the free trade agreement. That that the, the, that trade agreement is between the United States, Canada, and Mexico. We have what they call the America's Pact, which is something different. It's kind of like a protection pact between South America, Central America, and North America. Yes. 
it's why you don't see too much movement in, in some of the other countries of stuff from China or Russia. Yes, because it could jeopardize their friends in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, which are their three biggest trade partners. Anyway, we're not talking politics. Sorry to get on that rant. So if the military didn't know about the RH negative thing until we came along, that tells you they don't know squat. I know when we released the Gray Reptilian and Human Questionnaires, they had a big interest in it. I mean, we had all kinds. Well, we can see who comes on the sites. Oh, yeah. And in the old days, they used to try to screw with us all the time. You'd see, like, you'd get pinged from Norfolk, Virginia, five million pings, you know, in like five seconds, try to bring you down. And they got us a lot of times. As, as we got older and better, smarter, the networks got better and better and better. But they still do it even today. Oh, yeah, you'll see them come in, and, and, and you can see uh, data breach here, data breach here, data breach here. Comes from this this facility, that facility, this facility. I have made it public before. Oh, yeah, I have. And uh, made me a nervous wreck when I did it, too. Well, because some, some of the sources were pretty big, and they can't lie because it's, it, it gives the IP address and the location. Uh, the program we used to use was called Hack Tracer. Got something a little bit more sophisticated. A friend wrote for me now, but. Hack Tracer was a great program. I don't know if they still got it. You'd have to look it up and see. I don't want to give you bad advice, but it was a great program. Anything coming or going to your computer it could tell you where it was going, where it came from. It, it would trace shit sometimes. You'd go 40, 50 different locations. It'd still find it. That was good. It was a damn good program. Yeah. Uh, some geeks got together and did it because when chat first came out, you know, Messenger chat first came out, or like PowTalk or FireTalk or things like that first came out, Yahoo Chat, they wanted to know who was hitting their system. And wanted to know who it was. So it was invented for that. That's what it was invented for. Yeah. So they kept them around for a long time. But I don't, I don't know what the version is now. Well, I imagine they got something else out there. It's always some kind of great program. Um, you mean, why don't they just ask the Grays? Because the Grays give them the big fat bird finger. I mean, all right. You want something. What, what, let's let's just do the human type aliens. Because they look more like us, except their head is like this much deeper than ours. It goes back about that much further. But front-wise, I mean, they're bulky and stuff, but they still look like this. What is it you're going to give them for them to give you something? Well, obviously, we don't have no technology to give them. Maybe if we got a piece of the graze or rep tech, we could trade it with them. Why would we do that? It would be better to trade back where we got it from. So what is it? Why would they give the government anything? So that the government could use it against them? No, that's not going to happen. They're not going to give them weapons of any kind because they're going to use it against them. Yeah, they're going to try to shoot down with their own ships or get something like that or something along those lines. And the little alien comes in. You should not talk about these little grays. There's a little black. You should not talk about these little suckers. They come for you at that night. Oh, yes. This one sounds like a rooster when it crows. Uh, it's an alien. What can I tell you? It's a scary little alien in the middle of the night when you can't see the little biatch either. All right, go on. Get in. Oh, not with my tie. Thank you. Oh, the things you got to do when you're doing read live right here. No, don't you? And you know, it's funny. When I'm wearing a black shirt like this, if she gets up here and y'all don't see her and she's laying against my chest, people freak out when she cuts her eyes because it looks like something just came alive. You just don't see her. Because she'll lay up against my shoulder and not move at all. And since you can't see any white on her until she cuts her eyes, you're kind of like, uh, what was that? You mean who's my favorite race? I'm not saying that because they might come get me. 
I'm serious. Um, the most misrepresented race would be the reptilians. Uh, they're quite a bit nicer than they're given credit for. Um, they also seem to have a more, how can I say this politely, a more sexual relationship with us than the other races do. Even though the human aliens do, just not at the extent that the reptilians do, which I find a lot. The Greys wouldn't sleep with you stinky bastards if you paid them money. Uh, it's it just something, not even something they're even remotely interested in. For the reptilians, no, the reptilians are different. They, they because the reptilians truly consider us family. Um, for whatever reason, when they first abducted everybody and when they first introduced their DNA into the human aliens, little slave race, uh, and that new race was born, they took an interest in us. They like us. They're not like the other two races. They, they, they really think one day in the future we will be partners. Uh, it's a little different for them. The, the, the human aliens that currently just think of as like trash cousins. There's one or, one or two good ones coming out every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're funny in the way that they're not, uh, currently they're not big fans of the human race, but from time to time, um, and for whatever reason, they just find a human that they like, or that particular alien finds a human that they like, well, whatever it is that they do, but the reptilians are different. They, they definitely, they find a lot of us that they and they have, the reptilians have genetic memory, so it's hard on contactees a lot of times because they'll start having dreams and these images of things they think they've done, but of course they couldn't have done. It's not even on the world they live on. Uh, so then they think they're cracking up. No, it's just somebody's flash of somebody's memory. Something triggered it. Something you saw triggered that memory. Now, it could be anything. And then, of course, they have the memories of their own contacts and their own abductions. Uh, and then any other thing that might be going on with that race. I'll tell you a little secret about reptilians, especially if you're female. Um, a lot of times when they're holding you, waiting for you to go for whatever they got you there for, they will put you in this room, and, and a lot of times there will be a lot of juvenile aliens in there, juvenile reptilians in there. Well, they're like our kids. They're rambunctious and jump around and they're cutting up, just doing stupid shit, and you can get hurt or clawed or scratched or whatever. They want to see you correct you're, you're the adult you got a mama you got a daddy you got a grandma you whoever but generally they respond if if you if you sum it up who you are you don't necessarily have to use your voice you really it's better to use it telepathically and and force that telepathy that that like sit your ass down and through your telepathy at a really hard rate they'll sit down and behave yes and then you make big brownie points with the reptilians i shouldn't have told you all that but well, because for a lot of females, even for a lot of males, it's scary. I mean, these reptilian, even their youth can be six foot two, six foot three, 180, 200 pounds, you know, but they do expect, they do respect authority. So if you can transmit that, they'll go ahead and start. It's the same thing if one decides to take you, um, you know, for whatever pleasurable reason. If for some reason, uh, whatever the reason may be, scared, feared, whatever, if you can project it, you can beat and kick all you want. That's like playtime for them. I mean, really, you're talking about a reptilian who's seven foot, you know, almost eight foot tall, five, six hundred pounds. You know, you're kicking. It's not really good. It's just kind of tickling. So, or her, because, you know, the females do it as well. It's, um, you also have to, you have to image it. You have to put it in their head, uh, whatever it is. And, and most of the time, they'll stop. If they, if they really understand that they're really hurting you, you're really that scared, they'll stop. But for them, a lot of times, it's just part of the game if you're just cutting up and acting stupid. Which I know for you, it's not acting stupid. For them, it is.
what do you mean? No, the females, okay, for the female humans and the female reptilians, they do it just as much as the males do. The reptilians are different because the alphas get to do it. They have control over whatever, well, you can call it tribe, whatever you want to call it, whatever section it may be. Uh, the alphas have control. So any, anybody in the alphas group, they're allowed to have sex with without any qualm, without any bitching. That's just part of the thing. So if you're abducted in that family line, they figure it works the same for you too. Hey, I don't make the rules. But they do respect if, if there's some kind of fear or some kind of pain or something, they do respect that. So, yeah, like I said, they look at us differently. They, they feel like they had a part in our creation and they kind of feel partly responsible for us. So, in some ways, they're a little bit nicer to us than the other ones are. But in some ways, they're not because they their lifestyle, their chosen lifestyle, is a little bit harsher than ours. Not in, as far as luxurious items go, stuff like that. And just the way they, they deal with each other day to day. Oh, yeah. No, they could not live in the woke society. Oh, no shit. No. <laughs> they would have done lasered out to the woke society. They would be Christmas dinner by now. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't think the reptiles are going to go. I don't, actually, I don't think any of the alien races are going to go for that. Well, you know, somebody asked me one time, is there gay people in alien races? Well, I don't know because I've never met any personally. So I really don't know. I would think for races as advanced as these are, they probably genetic, they're, they're probably somewhat genetically engineered. So anything they would consider to be not good for the child would probably be taken out. And that would be a decision on their part, now, whether they considered that to be a good thing or a bad thing. I, I wouldn't know. I mean, like I said, I, I, I couldn't speak for them, you know. You mean a really advanced race? Probably not. It's probably, they're, because look at the grades. They've moved past sex. Yes, humans, I know y'all don't want to hear that, but they've moved past sex. So no, there wouldn't be gay people in their society at all. I don't think they would be in the reptilian society either. As far as the humans, I don't know. I don't even care to speculate. I don't see where it matters. What do you mean? Because they might look at us differently? Well, it doesn't matter right now. All three races look at us as just a lot of work. That's as politely as I can put it. They, they just look at us like we're in a bad place. So why don't the Vatican come forward? It's not just the Vatican that has information. Even though they probably have the most. There are other religions. The Mormons have information. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, we're not going there. Sorry. Because uh, I have friends uh, in that particular church. Yes. No, I don't, I'm not a member myself. But there's good friends of mine. I'm not going to talk about their religion. Sorry, guys. Um, Baptist. I was a Baptist. I was a Catholic first, and I was a Baptist. It's, uh, I doubt the Baptists said as much as the Catholics did. It's, uh, it's one of the things. Who, who's got the more information? Which I would think right now, if we had to name any religious group that had the most information, I'd say it was the Catholics. Oh, by far. By far. God only knows what they had stashed. I don't even think God knows what they had stashed away in them damn archives and catacombs. I really don't. He's probably like, why do you have all of this? Uh, you can release some of this to the public and get rid of some of this information. You know, be nice to the rest of the world. Well, because in the old days, I think the powers that be and, and the religions thought that there couldn't be God in E.T. But I think that's changed today for a lot of people. I think 
with with Father Marducci, Monsignor Marducci's statements, and uh, the gentleman who was a, the um, astronomer statements. You had a, a couple of Muslims come out. You had a couple of Jews come out as well. And you even had a couple of Mormons that come out and said, you know, there's way more life than God created. So they don't really have a problem with there being more life anymore. You're always going to have some stuck-up assholes, excuse my language, that can't get past it. They don't want to give up the control is what it really is. But it's the same thing with our governments. They don't want to give up. Admittance of extraterrestrial takes away control from both the government and the, yes, and the religions. Because one, a lot of people are going to get rid of their religion when they see E.T. for the first time. Oh, I think some will get their religion back when they see E.T. for the first time. But I think you'll see more people look at the universe differently than they do now. Especially if one of these races come and say, well, we believe in a God just in a higher order than you do. Well, then, okay, then you can still have God and you can have E.T. Personally, I, you know, people tell me, well, I don't know why people think that God would, would make these things. I said, have you looked at our planet? Do you have you looked at every species just of insect there is on our planet? I said, why God make them? They're a big pain in the ass. Or how many lizards or reptilians or things that can bite you, kill you, the spiders. And I said, we're not even talking about humans and mammals yet, just that. I said, God created all that according to y'all. God created everything on the planet. So why wouldn't God have created stuff everywhere else on the planet? It would make sense if, if there was truly one of those. But, you know, I'm not going to argue. Well, we're not all God. We're morons is what we are. But <laughs> compared to the greys, we're complete and utter morons. Compared to the reptilians, we're complete and utter morons. Uh, we're just babes in the dog pile right now. Um, no, Chris. You, oh, you, no. Um, a couple people tell me they thought we were a prison planet. Like Australia. <laughs> Look, you know, if they are, it's failed miserably is all I can say. You know, I get I get people who write to me all the time. You're wrong, Joe. The aliens are here to save us and enlighten us. Okay. Or you're wrong, Joe. They're here to destroy us and wipe us out. Okay, prove it to me. For my friends who say they're here to enlighten us, all I ask is you take one good hard look at the planet as it is right now and tell me how are they helping us. And if they're here to wipe us out, they could have done a much better job than what they're doing right now. I mean, it would be easy to wipe us out. You could have just turned Amthex diddly, and already two-thirds of us would be gone. <laughs> And so the thing about it is they're not for either one. There aren't, there, unfortunately for us, they have their own agendas, and their agendas do involve us, but only to an extent. Not everything in the universe is about humans. Humans have a hard time understanding that not everything is about us. We're not the center of the universe like we thought we were. We're actually on some third spiral arm way out in the middle of freaking nowhere. Um, that's where we are. That's who we are. And until we grow up and become something other than this this conglomeration of mess we are today uh, we're never going to get anywhere um, at least the three the three alien races we're talking about are united races there's not a bunch of countries on their home world there's a bunch of colonies and other planets they own with other other colonies on them but still it's all under one government and it's all under one religion for the most part for the races so they're way more advanced and we're just in that alone you, you, we can never get anywhere with 200 countries. It's just not going to happen. Um, and we already know the UN is a complete joke. So the UN's not going to work. You have to have a peacekeeping force along with a government. Uh, and then you have to make sure everybody has religious freedom, freedom of speech, 
really you need to do away with money in some fashion or form and, and, and change anything. You need to make sure that every human has the basic needs, a place to live, food to eat, clothes. And then you can really start to change the world. But until we get there, right now we're a bunch of idiots. I mean, a third of the planet's starving to death. And wait, get this. A third of the planet is starving to death, and there's more food going around the planet now than there ever has been enough to feed the planet over three times. And we have people starving to death. And the aliens are looking going, well, this is some really advanced race here. Yeah, let's 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 help these morons out. Look, you want E.T. to give you something, give him something, or her something, or it something. Show it that we really do care, and we really do want to change, and we really do want to become a space fan race that gets out and mixes with the rest of the world. What do you mean, why don't they give something? They're not giving anything to the government. There's no need for E.T. to give anything to the government. When you hear government people saying, oh, I got this, they're lying. Because even if they had it, E.T. would just go remove it. Why would they let him keep it? If it was anything that could hurt him, damn him, or any other thing like that, or do harm to us, why would they let him keep it? They'd just go zap it out of their hands. And besides that, I know a lot of people who do research in this in the government, and it's so compartmentalized that you're not getting anything. Oh no, it's straight. It's it's ridiculously compartmentalized. Uh, you just keep believing that. You, you keep having them fantasies, sweetheart. Jesus was an astronaut. Did you not know that? Did they not tell you that when you were growing up in school? I, I thought you knew that. Kelly Church said that a long time ago. He's an astronaut. Come here to save us. Oh, I thought you knew that. I feel for you. Yes, Janina did once lose a job for saying that. I most certainly did. <laughs> yes. Um, well, because when it comes right, so real quick. How much time we got? We got a little time. So real quick. Uh, there's really three three current methods of how we got here today. Of course, there is that some religious person put us here. Whichever religion you want to believe in, I'm not going to say nothing right now. Because uh, there's lots of different religions on the planet. I'm not going to say who's right or who's wrong. Uh, so some religious entity put us here. Okay. Or some alien entity put us here. Okay. Or the current theory is Ponspermia put us here, which is the building blocks of life deposited throughout the universe, carbon molecules and stuff like that, that deposited in primordial soups like our planet was. And it grows and it stretches and squirms and stretches and squirms and grows. And all of a sudden there's life. And then here, 4.5 billion years later, there's us. Yes, the universe, by the way, doesn't do anything quickly. Yes, it just doesn't. Uh, no, really, when it comes right down to it, so you, know, you have to ask you a question, what do you consider God to be? And when you talk about it, especially when you talk about the Catholics and the Christians, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, what do you consider them to be? Can you prove that they were not extraterrestrials? Because let's not forget, almost all the miracles... Jesus performed can almost all be reproduced by man today, and we are not gods. By any shape, we are. If, if you had, we were more be on the other side than the good side to today's society. So, what is it? Or what was he really? Uh, was it the only way that the people that lived at the time could understand who he was? Was to make him the son of God instead of the extraterrestrial that he was? Is that what happened? See, I don't know. I wasn't there. All I can tell you for sure is I do believe that Christ lived uh, at the time he said he lived, and he did do a lot of the things he said he did. But 
who he actually was is anybody's best guess. You know, once I learned that Mary was in the desert for three months alone and the place was occupied with Roman soldiers, I got a little nervous about how correct the Christians actually were. It made me just a little bit nervous. And then I learned about the Mormons uh, who believe that it's on a different world. Then I learned about another religion that also believes we're from a different world. And then I learned something even far more greater than that, that the human body, the biological clock for most humans on this planet is set to 24 and a quarter hours and our optimal body temperature at 73 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, the only planet that had it at its peak was 55 million years ago was Mars in an average temperature of 73 degrees. Or is it 63? I get them confused sometimes. And then... Uh, Earth, by the way, in case you didn't know, it has a 23 and three-quarter hour day, but Mars has a 24 and a quarter hour day. You figure it out, you explain it, but our biological self is not even set for this planet. So are we actually native from here? That's a big question, especially if you think Atlantis exists, Atlanteans exist. We're not, we may not be native to this planet. We may be Mars rejects, or maybe you're all right. Maybe it was a prison planet from Mars. Maybe over the years we evolved into something else because we would look like this if we lived on Mars. But Linda, what about it? I have nothing against Christ. I was raised Catholic, sweetie. I made my confirmation and my communion. I used to teach Wednesday school classes. Yes. And my wife was Pentecostal for like 15 years. Uh, I'm not telling you, I never argue the Bible with us. I'm just warning you ahead of time. But you know what? You know who talks about that like Kathy is, um, oh, what is his name? He's a regular on the show, too. Oh, why can't I remember his name? He just wrote to me. I'll have to get it posted, but he just wrote to me uh, two days ago about coming on the show. He does um, not one of my favorite things, channeling. I'm not a big fan of channelers, but some of them, I think, do a decent job, but most of them just irritate me. Um, but they were doing uh, channeling consciousness. People with enlightened consciousness is what I should say. Denise, enlightened. thank you. My consciousness is half enlightened. The other half is just pissed off. <laughs> That's just how it is. Well, you know, life is a bitch sometimes. Life is a beach and you get sand in your crack. How's that? Um, no, really. I mean, most people who meet me, it's funny. Because it's always funny when my close friends are with me or, or one of the kids are with me. And somebody comes up, he's just so nice and so sweet. The other day, my son's looking at his woman like, you've got to be kidding me. He's just a mean ass. <laughs> and I can't be when I get aggravated with people. Uh, nah, age has mellowed me quite a lot, to be honest with you. Much much sweeter and nicer than I was in my 30s, that's for sure. Or my 40s. Uh, ooh, no, in 40s, I was just mean. That's how I got famous in ufology. I didn't know that originally. I was one of the... I wasn't actually a debunker. I was starting the ICO organization, but man, I spent a lot of time just debunking a lot of bullshit. Oh, yeah, I used to hack people off left and right. Just constantly. Because people are just constantly just tossing bullshit out there all the time. Why don't I think? Because I think the government doesn't know. No one is giving me a way for the government to know. How's that? They, whatever they're getting from the mill labs is limited. There's been no real contact between the government and the extraterrestrials. Not in an information-sharing way. Because you have nothing to give the greys and reptilians and humans to get them to share. Well, oh, we're giving them our citizens? Bullshit, they're taking our citizens. We're not giving them our citizens. 
they're taking them. And nobody writes to me about you signed a contract to get abducted. I don't want to hear that bullshit. No, you did not. Maybe your great, 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 great grandfather or grandmother 5,000 years ago might have or 50,000 years ago might have, but you didn't. You're just a product of what started long before you were even a dream. I'm just honest, that's all. Very pointed, very honest. Well, I don't know. I believe in shared consciousness because I, I teach dream weaving and I still do teach dream weaving. I, you can share people's consciousness and you might even be able to get on the outskirts of maybe the reptilian or human's consciousness, their shared consciousness. There's, and you might even be able to skate on the edge, but you're not going to get into it deep because, again, they're just things that we haven't experienced yet, things that we don't understand. See, as dumb humans, a thousand years ago, we thought we knew everything. 500 years ago, we for sure knew everything. Today, we definitely know everything, even though just two days ago, James Wood Telescope told us we were wrong about the Big Bang Theory. Well, thank you, Chris. Stop by any time. Actually, we'll be getting deeper into abduction, I think, the rest of the year. we got a couple of abductees coming on throughout the rest of the year. It'll be mostly abduction stuff. I wanted to get all this government stuff out of the way early, though. Um, yes. Yeah, sometimes we do stuff for writers in the future. We, we work with them on some stuff. Uh, Marky, we got about 15 minutes. What you got? What do you mean? Who, my favorite abductee is not a famous person. Sorry. Yes. Um, I work very close with a bunch of different contactees. What do you mean? All female, no. Male and female. Where were the organization who let people know in the world that this was just not a female thing? Man, when I first got in the field, you never hear heard about a guy being abducted by aliens ever. I mean, I, it took us five years before we got our first male case. I was like, really? And that's when we would move on. Then it took a couple of years after that. Then once other people, I got started getting bringing guys on to talk about their experiences. Then it started to change. More and more people, more and more men started coming out. It's still not 50-50, but 35-65 might be a better way. When I started, it was like 95-5. So it's probably 35-65, maybe even 40-60. Um, well, the argument was in the early days, you only needed one guy and a bunch of females. You needed one guy to fertilize 10 females or 500 females, whatever. <laughs> no, he wishes. <laughs> no, this is an asshole. Um, they would just take the sperm and then insert it into the eggs. For a long time, we tracked missing basic, we tracked missing baby cases for two decades until there was no more to track. It's not that they, they don't happen anymore. They just don't happen like they used to. There was, For some reason, through de two decades, they were doing a lot of it. And what they were really doing was, and um, so they would impregnate a woman. And sometimes they would let the woman go to term, but most of the time not. And the reason why is, so they would come in like, you're three months in, right? They would come in. They would look at the baby because they can actually physically remove the baby from the body if they want to. Or they can just make it where everything's clear so you can see everything. But regardless, they would look at the baby. First off, if the baby didn't look human enough, it was taken. Or if the baby in the womb was exhibiting certain behaviors, like you could, you could feel or sense it, it would also be removed. And then some of the times these babies would be taken to term, and then a year afterwards they'd be removed because they developed abilities that could not be used on Earth. Not yet, anyway. And just a lot of them just didn't look... Well, there's a book called Rachel Eyes. 
and you can read this, and this will help you understand what I'm talking about better. Uh, this woman, her daughter was a hybrid. Okay, she was just too much. She looked too alien, you know, almost too alien live, to live with, but she did. She had to be fed special foods. She actually had special security, all sorts of things. And then one day they just came and took her because she was just, when you met her, you knew something was not right. That, that, and then when you learned more about her, like the kind of food she had to eat, the security and stuff, you realized she was a hybrid. No, the aliens are not making hybrids of themselves. They're making hybrids of us. Why, why, you know, humans are, all humans are egotistical. Why do you think any of these three races want to put their DNA, your DNA into them? They already think they're a superior race. Why would they want to go backwards? Because they don't. Um, they're making hybrids of us. They're making husk bodies of us for whatever reasons, whatever they have planned for us in the future. That's why they're creating these bodies. We've got many, many, many accounts of contactees talking about rows and rows and rows of bodies on ship that looks a lot like them, but sort of different. Usually a different shaped body. Um, there's lots of those kind of cases. And it also explains something we, we didn't know early on. is We couldn't figure out why aliens used to sh still do show up at mortuaries, hospitals, and graveyards so much. We were like, what kind of morbid fascination is this? We'll come to find out. They can take your consciousness up to three days after death. So they'd fly and remove your consciousness, either store it in one of these host bodies and leave you in stasis, take you out of stasis, and store it inside one of the cells one of the storage cells on board the ships until it was time for you to be put into a host body. So this is something we learned a long time ago. This is something, though, that you have to agree to. So, yeah, somewhere along the line, if you're a keeper or a communicator or one of the really high-end contactees, they're going to ask you somewhere along the line, do you want to be done like this? And, and uh, some of them are just to, to make colonies. This is just another way, you know, if they find good people, they're trying to make colonies all over the universe. And it's just one of the things they do. And you'll be a human, whatever hybrid, living on some colony somewhere. Or you might even be put back here when things change here. But regardless, um, the only thing I don't like about it or do like it, it depends how you look at this. Uh, the fact that the ash is cool. Um, but it's a way of skipping death. So that's something you want to do. Do you want to skip death? If you believe in heaven and hell, and you think you're going to heaven, do you want to skip going to heaven in order to live another 5,000, 10,000, 20? Remember, once you get into one of these host bodies, you'll have the same abilities as the rest of these aliens. You'll be able to be transferred into another host body, so you'll have an endless lifespan unless you know something crazy happens. Mm, that's something to think about. Uh, some of the keepers... How can I say this? Um, some of the keepers, it's, and most of the communicators are going to go off world. Or be returned to this one when it's recycled. But some of the keepers are actually at a different state. And, and, and they're more aggressive. So they're going to use them when the time comes to round up the people here on Earth. Whenever this thing that the um, Holocaust people talk about happens, they're going to use those contactees to help round up people. And make sure they get to the spots they need to be in so they can be taken. And from some of the stuff that's told, there are going to be things like military and other things trying to interfere with them being taken. So their skill set has to be a different kind of skill set. They'll have tele tele telepathy, telekinesis, uh, accelerated strength, stuff like that. I have no idea what's going to be waiting for. I'm just going by what they're telling me.
spooky, scary, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Tin Man's got who's next? I haven't seen Martha tonight. No, usually she's in. She texts me and says hi. Most of the regulars will hit me up either in an instant message text or in a your uh, Facebook Messenger or right here in the chat group. You know, I don't know if it's a good thing if the government knows more or less. Do you want them having too much knowledge about extraterrestrials? See, my problem is that right now, if you look at our government, they're so polarized that neither side can really be trusted with this kind of information. Yeah, we're not we're not the peace-loving country we used to be. So, do you want the Russians with this information? Do you want the Chinese with this information? That's what I'm saying. I mean, do you feel comfortable with anybody having this kind of control or this kind of information? I don't right now. I would tell the government most of what I know because I'm a loyal citizen of the United States, but I'm still not going to give up people or places. That's not going to happen. Well, I mean, they can try. They can try to take it out of my head. If I contact you, I guess they'll find out if I am or I'm not. If they try to take it out of my head, won't they? Um... Like I said, the keepers, the communicators, and the uh, advanced contactees are, especially the greys, they don't like them screwing with their contactees. And there's, look, there's been several reports of them going in and violently, violently removing the contactee from the place, generally killing everyone in the place but the contactee. Yes. Well, you know what? There was things in uh, Taken, the, the miniseries Taken. You know, I actually wrote to them in uh, – there was a bunch of stuff that was I call it research, like the way they moved and stuff like that. That wasn't abduction criteria, but but it hadn't all been released. So I wrote to him and I said, "Hey, look, uh, whoever wrote this must be a contactee or must be working with somebody that is." And I got a polite letter back saying, "Yes, we're working with a particular individual." So yeah, well, you know, grays are weird. First, a full three foot gaze. I'm two hundred fifty pounds. Well, three foot great toss me around like a freaking pancake or flapjack. I'm not kidding. Drag me down the hallway like I'm not even nothing. Uh, they're extremely strong. And then their, their psychic abilities, they can knock you out just by looking at you. I mean, they just have abilities that we just are not going to develop. Uh -huh. Okay, I seen that come up. I said this last week, and I've been saying this a lot lately. No, everybody does not have psychic abilities or psychic awareness. Sorry. Look. Don't take my word for this, okay? I tell this to people all the time because people want to get mad at me about this. This is not me. This is fact, and, and this is easy to prove. Get a deck of cards or get a deck of colored cards. Or it doesn't matter what it is. So something they can't see. Say uh, you can do a stoplight, green light, red light. Uh, a lot of people like to do that for some reason. I like blue and yellow. But it, whatever, it doesn't matter. Take the two cards, put them down on a thing. Now, you've, you've seen what colors are and which one's right and which one's left. Have the person sit down in front of you. Okay. There's two colored cards here. I'm thinking about what colors on the right, what colors on the left. Okay, and you can even go a step further if you want to. See, I don't do that because if you're a true telepath, you would know the colors on your own. I wouldn't have to tell them to you. But if you feel like it would help, you can say, okay, i got a red and a green card. Now, this makes it 50-50, okay? 50-50. Uh, which one's red, which one's green? Do you know most people get it wrong more than they get it right, like 60-40 or even 75-25 sometimes? It's like flipping a coin. Most people will get it wrong more than they would get it right, which is weird because you would think it would be 50-50. Well, obviously, if, if if you've got it wrong 10 times in a row, you don't have any empathic or telepathic abilities. None. 
you waste it every time. And you can do this, and, and most people do this. You can make, uh, make you a little sign, make it look kind of professional. Ask the local mall if you can have a little space and set up a test. Tell them you're doing this for whatever. And don't tell me you're doing it for aliens, but tell them you're just doing a psychic test to see if average people possess psychic abilities. And you'll be surprised. You'll have 100 people line up uh, in a day easily. And you'll find out that 99% of them don't have anything. It was disappointing to me too, but it's true. Yes, I know sometimes I'm the bear bad news, but somebody got to get the facts straight so we can go on with the real research. Do I hate Jesus? No, I don't hate Jesus. I, I said it earlier, I believe Jesus existed 100%. You know what bothers me about that particular time? So if so, if you go back 2,000 years, 100 years before the time of Christ, and just go backwards from then, you will find that the reptilians are revered on this planet by the major races like the Sumerians, the Egyptians, the Mayans, the Aztecs, the Incans, the Toltecs, all revered reptilians. They thought they were the bringers of life, the savior of mankind. The, the humans were portrayed as dog-head, evil, and hawks, and ape people, all kind of stuff. But they were not transmitted as a good thing. So after the birth of Christ, that all changed. Uh, the reptilians became evil, no good, whatever things, and Christianity filled in the gap for everything else. Well, I should say religion filled in the gap for everything else. Who was wrong or who was right? I wasn't there. I don't know. Uh, I don't. That's you know. Unfortunately, I wasn't there. If I, you know, it might be one of the places I time travel back to. Nope, not for the birth, for the resurrection. Yes. Well, if he wasn't alien, he could easily resurrect, couldn't he? We were talking about that earlier. Mm, I know. Believe me, I, I don't want there to be goddamn wrong. Want, want there to be a god? You damn right I do. I want to go to heaven. I want to have air-conditioned clouds and stuff. I don't know what y'all talking about. Oh, now, this, this stuff the Catholics talk about, this kneel, sit, stand, pray all day long. I don't know about that. That, that might be too much. Kneel, sit, stand. Y'all remember being Catholic? Y'all went to Catholic Church? Oh, my God. Come on. Kneel, sit, stand. Kneel, sit, stand. Kneel, sit, stand. A couple times I just wanted to get up and say, why don't you kneel, sit, and stand? Please, come on. This is ridiculous. Well, I have a different view of God. I, guess. I, don't, I don't think God's this vindictive person that the church is portraying him as. Or he, I don't even know if he's a he. It could be he, she, or he, as far as I know. But I do not believe that it's this vindictive person that wants to be worshipped 24-7. And if it is, I'm going to be sadly disappointed. Well, you know, I would think if you created the universe and you've been around this long, you, you don't need all this admiration anymore. You might have moved on to bigger and better things. Again, I wasn't there, so I don't know. But we're getting ready to get out of here. So y'all be sure to tune in to The Outer Realm with Michelle DeRocher and Miss Be Nice, Amelia Pisano. Uh, no, they always they always do a good show. They don't play around. They don't, they don't horseplay what you're talking about. I will sick Michelle in your ass. Uh, you better be nice. Uh, I, I know where she lives. I will sick her on you. Um, you know what? Hold on. I'll find out before you. Uh, Richard Stanley's on tonight. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Richard Stanley. I got some weird created time thing going on, but okay. So, Outer Realm coming up next with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Pisano. 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 And, of course, uh, Richard, <laughs> Richard Stanley. Good night, Christy. 
So everybody tuning in tonight had a great time. Everybody was hitting us up in the chat room and uh, messages. It's always great to hear y'all chat up. It's always good to see a nice, strong chat group going while we're talking. Uh, this will pu publish automatically to the Facebook and Twitter and all those places and LinkedIn and all y'all will get it automatically. For anybody who's looking for it off the website, the SoundCloud or Podbean, it probably won't produce till tomorrow or late tonight. Uh, be sure to catch it though, so it's fun. It's a nice laid back interview tonight. We didn't get too crazy. Crisscrossed about six, seven topics. Uh, so be sure to check it out. On that note, I've got to go, guys. Again, stay tuned for the Outer Realm with Michelle DeRocher and Amelia Passano. Good night, everybody. to UFO Undercover, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, with your host, Joe Montaldo, right here on the Paranormal Radio